Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back. It's another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, along with uh, my co-host, Joey Moore, and special guest returning for his second pod, the first ever second pod uh, participant. My brother, Evan Stenholm, is here, Seahawks fan extraordinaire. Welcome back to the pod, Ev. Thank you so much. You tried to write me off, but I didn't write back. (laughs) We were waiting for it. Our Seahawks fan in residence uh, is here, uh, and that can only mean one thing. It's time for the NFC West preview. Uh, But we're going to start with the NFC North to get that out of the way. I think the reason I wanted to start with the North is I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that nobody is going to pick the Vikings to win the division. We will start with the Vikings. I thought it was because we're going to talk about the Rams and Cardinals so much. (laughs) Yeah, nobody wants to hear about the Rams and Cardinals. We're going to the NFC North. We're going to start with the Vikings, and then we'll go from there. The Vikings over-under is set at 8.5 this year. They're plus 310 to win the division. Last year we went 13-4. and Uh, It's Cousins and O'Connell again. Eighth-ranked offense last year, 27th-ranked defense. Uh, For me, as a Vikings fan, I got major questions at running back. I like Alexander Madison, but I think beyond that, there really isn't much there. From what I saw in preseason, I'm a little worried. Interior offensive line, huge problem. I think we have two of the best tackles in the NFL. I think we have the best wide receiver in the NFL and possibly the best overall wide receiver core if Jordan Addison is as good as he appears to be. Um, I just think we're only as good as the running game can be, Uh, and wasn't great last year even with Cook and now without Cook and with you know an offensive line with Garrett Bradbury who wasn't very good at center last year with this guy Ed Ingram in his second year out of LSU at right guard who was awful last year um, the Vikings I have a lot of hope for us because of you know Cousins very steady play because of Justin Jefferson being the best football player in the world possibly but I do expect a little bit of regression um I am going to give my Vikings record off the top here. Let's just get it out of the way. I do have us going 11-6, and six, which I think is much higher than the consensus, but I don't think that's enough to win the division, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Joey, start us off. Where do you have the Vikings in 2023? I have them going 9-8, and eight, and I think that's pretty like uh, conservative. Like I could see 11-6. and six. Um, I don't think they're going to like fall off as 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 a lot of people think. Um, but, yeah, I, I have questions about their defense. Like you said, their interior offensive line. I like Alexander Madison. I don't think there's going to be too too much of a drop-off. I mean, I'm a huge believer in Kirk Cousins, you know, at least more than most. I mean, Jordan Addison was plenty solid replacing Adam Thielen. I I think they go 9-8, and eight, but, yeah, I, I think that's pretty conservative. Um so I think a lot of the reason that their over-under is set at 8.5 is the defense. So last year they were 27th ranked and 31st against the pass. Um, Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator, who just his system just did not work. He's out. Brian Flores is in. I thought that was a huge addition. This is the reason I have them going 11-6 and six, is I think the offense will regress slightly from last year. But I do think that the defense is going to regress in a positive direction just because they brought in Brian Flores, who has a better scheme. He's a better motivator. Uh, We brought in new players, Byron Murphy, Marcus Davenport, Dean Lowry, Mekhi Blackman. Um, I really think that we have the tools to be, let's say, if we get, oh, my God, all the way to 18th overall defense, I think that's enough for us to get to 10-plus wins. Evan, where do you have the Vikings given, you know, the new defensive additions and the loss of Dalvin Cook and Eric Kendricks, among others? 
Well, I have them uh, actually right between both of your guesses. My prediction is they're, they're going to go 10 and 7 is where I have them. I One thing with them that I find interesting is um, a lot of questions on the defensive side. I do think Brian Flores is the absolute right person to bring in for a defensive coordinator. I think he's going to get the best out of what they have. But the offensive side, I actually think there's a chance that they could get a little bit better. Um, they're going to have a full mm-hmm. season with Hawkinson. And they had, I mean, Irv Smith, he was okay. But Hawkinson, I think, is a huge step up from Irv Smith. I think they're going to be able to not only use him, but they're going to get Addison. Uh, apparently, he's one of the best route runners in college football. Having him with J-Jets is just I mean, that offense could spread the ball really, really well. And I think Madison, now that he's going to get a chance to shine, I think he can do pretty well because Delvin Cook, as good as he was, it seemed like the last couple of years he he maybe lost a step. He's often injured. I do think that the offense could take a step forward, but at the same time, this is the same Vikings team that won so many close games last year. There's so Mm -hmm. much pulling a rabbit out of the hat. I don't think teams like that tend to replicate, but I do still see them as a 10-7 team. So I mean, I will. I would take ten and seven if offered to me right now. I think uh, your point about Hawkinson is awesome. It's it kind of changed the season in terms of like Kirk was having a lull midway through the season after that eight and one start, and we were like, oh boy, here it comes. And then all of a sudden, we picked up Hawkinson and kind of took off. Um, so a full season of him will be great. I think if somehow the interior of the offensive line holds up, but this is their third or second full year together of Ezra Cleveland at left guard, Garrett Bradbury at center, and Ed Ingram at right guard. If they somehow stay healthy and gel and get better than they were last year, which was pretty putrid, I think the ceiling is like a top five offense. They were eighth last year. If Addison breaks out, Hawkinson has a good year and stays healthy. I mean, sky is the limit. The offense could be great. We shall see. I have high hopes for the Vikings just because we went 13-4 last year because we replaced the biggest problem with the team, our defensive coordinator, and replaced him with a a guy who has a track record of good defenses. So we'll see uh, if the Vikings can find a way back into the playoffs after kind of a miracle year last year uh, and not spending too much in free agency. Uh, The reason I have the Vikings not winning the division is because of everybody's favorite team heading into the 2023 season, the Detroit Lions. They're over-under set at 9.5. They're plus 145 to win the division, which is their best odds to win the division in over 30 years, an incredible number. Um, I have them going 11-6. I have them winning the tiebreaker over the Vikings by winning Week 18 in Detroit. And I have them winning the division. I mean, I can't – it's – it hasn't happened. There hasn't been a home playoff game in Detroit in 30 years, and I'm calling it this year. Um, last year, they were fifth in offense, 28th on defense. Uh, I think they can expect some good things from some of their young players on defense. I expect improvement here, uh, despite you know a couple of their players getting caught up in a gambling scandal. Uh, that should all blow over by week six. But, uh, Evan, we'll start with you this time. I know you're a Dan Campbell guy. Where do you have Detroit finishing? So this is where I might surprise you. The, Dan Campbell, I'm a big ten, Dan Campbell guy, you know, as a nurse, big on, you know, biting kneecaps off, gives helps keep me employed. Um, but I just... The, it, so the, the Detroit Lions suffer from the same thing that the Chargers suffer from for me, which is that every year I go into thinking, oh, they're going to make that big step. This is the big leap. And then they just completely shit the bed. And I've... It's it's like back in the t- back in the days when Tom Brady and the Patriots were great. I could never bet against them. I just can't see myself betting on the Lions too much. So I actually have them as nine and eight this year. 
I think the Vikings okay, are. I think the Vikings are going to edge them out a little bit. I do like what the Lions have set up right now. I think Jared Goff. A lot of people sleep on him, but I don't think that he's going to have quite as effective of a year this year as he did last year. Having Williams was. I mean, he's not only a great locker room guy, but he. I forget how many touchdowns he had, but I think he led the league yeah, in rushing 18. touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. It's just, you lose a guy like that, you lose a bunch of guys to listening to the podcast, going on your over-unders and everything, betting on their own team. It's, <laughs> I just, I don't know. There's something about the Lions where I want to root for them, I want to like them, but I just can't bring myself to do it because I've seen it too many times with them and the Chargers where I bet on them and it doesn't work out. I'm not falling for it this year. Okay, so Evan has them going 9-8 and eight and actually finishing... Below the Vikings in the division, Joey, I have a feeling you're going in a different direction. Where do you have the Lions uh, in not, your standing? Not too much different. I will say I freaking love the Detroit Lions. Like, I wanted to say – I wanted to say they go, like, 12-5. and five. Like, like that's what, like – I was so, like, just the way that they beat Green Bay last year, their last, like, how much they care – like, what they're building, part of it is because they have, like, a superb, like – draft video on the youtube thing like i watch it like i'm not like a like i'm a lions fan and like like their gm brad holmes like dan campbell like everybody it's just like oh my god we are such a family and we're gonna win and it's like oh my like but i i only have them only have them going 10 and 7 but i think that wins the division um uh looking at their schedule i'm just like am i really gonna like kind of like what evan was saying like are they like it's a big jump to go from like eight and nine to like 10 and seven, like it's just two games, but like to go from a team that like is kind of cute to like you win your division is especially for the Detroit, Detroit lions. Like that's a, that's bigger than two games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just look at their schedule. Like, you know, they play like the Ravens chargers, like even just at new Orleans, like are the, are, is Detroit going to go into new Orleans and win? Like, I think the division is between Detroit and Minnesota is going to be one in the final three games because Detroit and Minnesota played two out of the last three times. And in between it, Detroit goes at Dallas. And I think Minnesota, I think you play Green Bay. We play Green Bay, yeah, in in Minnesota. Yeah, Yeah. so like that, I think it's going to come down to that, who kind of wins two out of three of those games, preferably division. But I love Jameer Gibbs. Like everyone kind of crushed that pick. But like – I think he could be an absolute stud in in a in a what the hell is this? Ben Johnson? I want to call him Brian Johnson. Ben Johnson's <laughs> offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I I only question his defense, but yeah, I I I'll, I don't want to say I'll be rooting for the Detroit Lions, but I, yeah, I'm a little closet Lions fan. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be. I and, think- oh, by the way, like I'm a huge Jared Goff guy. I think the guy dude's been shit on his whole career, and like the dude played out of his like he played he played really well last yeah. year. And people want to say like, oh, he's Jared Goff. Like he was damn good last year. He deserves his flowers. <laughs> and again, like another another year, I think he'll, I think he'll be. Um, but they have a tough like start. They start. I mean, obviously at Kansas City. I mean, on the kickoff <laughs> game, but then they play Seattle a week too. Like that's a big game. I know they played last year, and wasn't that the tiebreaker? For the playoff, yeah, and that game was like what was it? Ever it was, it was like, like forty-five to, to yeah. forty-four or yeah. something. Yeah, it was. I forget what the exact score was, but it was. Uh, yeah, all offense, no defense. Like, like, like that's what I'm trying to say. Like, does does Detroit win that game this year? Like, I think Seattle's going to be pretty damn good. Like, does Detroit win? Like, can they win that game? I think that's in Seattle. No, it's in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, can they win a home game against a playoff team? Like, 
after they probably lose to Kansas City. Yeah, Yeah. they're very likely to lose week one. If they lose week two at home against Seattle, that's, you know, Lions fans are going to be like, here we go again. But I think, you know, Aiden Hutchinson will be amazing in season two. I think that's really the path for them. If he gets hurt or if that defense performs at the same level it did last year, not only are they not going to win the division, they're not going to have a winning record. Uh, But if the defense improves... I mean, watch out. I have them going 11-6 and six just because I think the schedule in the middle part isn't that difficult, and I think they just have a great roster and kind of the, the vibes that you need the, uh, going into a season. Uh, as opposed to some other teams in the division, uh, let's head on over to Chicago, whose over-under is set at 7.5. They're plus 375 to win the division, which is hilarious. They're like, oh, they're basically on the same level as the Vikings and just a little bit below the Lions. Uh, hard disagree. Um 23rd in offense last year, 32nd in defense. They added DJ Moore, um, Robert Tunyon, uh, new right guard Nate Davis. Uh, They drafted Darnell Wright super high in the first round to be their new uh, right tackle, eventually transition over to left tackle. I mean, it's not a lot on offense. Yes, they added DJ Moore, who's a great player, but... I mean, Justin Fields, are you that guy? I do not think he's that guy. I think he is Lamar Jackson minus whatever throwing ability Lamar Jackson has. I mean, it's really – you saw last year, they went 3-14. and 14. They trailed by double digits in almost every game, and they still wouldn't throw the ball. They threw the ball, I believe, 21 or 22 times a game in the NFL in 2022, which is just – absolutely absurd it shows how little they trusted fields to throw the ball now that he has a good target and dj moore i mean chase claypool's there i mean i don't see it from them i have them going seven and ten i don't think this is a team that with him at quarterback and with a defense that was 32nd last year including 32nd against the pass i just don't see it i don't think there's enough there i think this is another year where um, they're just trying to build towards something um joey we'll start with you do you think Fields is that guy at any point, much less this year. <laughs> Every time you say that, I'm like, you are not him. <laughs> no, I think Chicago sucks. I think seven and ten. I think they'd kill for seven and ten. I got four and thirteen. Oof. I think DJ Moore is worth one win. Like, I think he's a good player. Like, how many screen passes are you gonna throw? Like, <laughs> I think Justin Fields is borderline sucks. I, 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 I never saw it. I don't get he's – he's an elite runner. I'll give him that. Elite fantasy player. Um, but like you said, they're down by a billion all last year. They don't throw the ball. Uh, I, I think they'll be in the in – the mar- I think they're going to do a little bit of a, a Josh Rosen. I think they're going to draft another quarterback. It, they might be bad enough. I don't think they're going to be bad enough. I think, mm. I think one of the two NFC West teams is going to be that bad. But I think they might get Drake May, maybe the second one, maybe second or third. Um I just don't see it with Justin Fields. Like, at least Trey Lance can say he hasn't played. Like, I've seen you play Justin Fields. You also played at Ohio State quite a bit. Um, I don't get it. I, I'm. They have, I mean, Chase Claypool. Like, this is not NFL on TikTok. Um, <laughs> I, Evan, like, I got a two-part question They traded question Rokon Swift. Like, they, I think they're terrible. Evan, I got a two-part question for you here. Number one, do you think – that the Bears should have traded the number one overall pick, given that they could have taken Bryce Young and traded Justin Fields. And number two, what do you have the Bears record at in 2023? I think with regards to trading the pick, I think it was a smart decision um, because, I mean, there were several quarterbacks that were available, but I, I'm really not sold on any of them. I think Bryce Young could end up being something special, but 
I just, none of them really struck me as like a Trevor Lawrence type where it's like, oh, this is the guy you have to take. And I know this is a very negative uh, Justin Fields podcast. I'm not the biggest Justin Fields fan, but I do think that he showed a lot of promise towards the end of last year. It felt like they kind of finally started to let him run a little bit. And once he did, maybe this is just my bias because he led me to a fantasy title in one of my leagues last year, but he ran absolutely wild towards the end of the year. It seemed like they found at least some sort of semblance of success on offense. It's not going to lead to many wins unless he could start throwing the ball better. I do think DJ Moore adds an element to that passing game that'll help chase Claypool. Um, if he's focused, he tends to be good. If he's too busy taking TikToks with Jackson Mahomes, he's probably not going to be good. <laughs> so I I have them as a six-win team this year. I think six and 11. I don't see them being in competition at all during the year. I do see them expanding on that formula they found towards the end of the year, allowing Justin Fields to run a little bit. But if he can't, if you can't have a passing game, if you got the 32nd ranked pass defense, it's not going to be a good formula for you. So I see them as a six win team. That's probably being a little optimistic, but hopefully they can figure it out with Justin Fields. Cause if they can't, they're going to draft someone. Literally the only impact player on that defense that is new to the team is Tremaine Edmonds. And I mean, you know, he's an they above average player. They gave him a lot player. of money. I mean, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think they're building towards next season while Fields is still under his rookie contract. I believe they're like 30 or 40 million under the cap this year with plans on splashing in free agency next year, but I mean, all the I mean, if you read stuff about the Bears on the Athletic or on their blog, I mean, it's NFC North or bust and I'm like, I have no idea what you're looking at. Win the I division. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I would be absolutely stunned if they if they you know cash that plus three seventy five ticket to win the division because I think you know seven wins is what I had them at and you guys were both like oh that might be a little high I was like damn put a little damper on those Chicago fan hopes um, let's head over to Green Bay uh, they've been the kings of this division for damn near thirty years uh, with Hall of Fame quarterback play nonstop. That comes to an end in 2023. Aaron Rodgers is gone. The Packers last year were uh, 14th on offense, 17th on defense. Um, they went 8-9. and nine. That was their first losing season in quite a while. Um, what is Jordan Love? We'll have to figure it out. Limited play uh, from him in his first three seasons in the NFL. What I saw, I did not like. But I also think you know the offense was completely designed with... Um, with Aaron Rodgers in mind. So we'll just have to see, um, is this something that Matt LaFleur built or is this something that Aaron Rodgers propped up? So we're going to have to find out this year. I have them going seven and 10 because I don't really believe in Jordan love. I think the defense is spectacularly average. I think the offense has some pieces there, but if the quarterback is anything other than just a point guard in this system, I don't see a, a high ceiling for them. Uh, Evan, where do you have the Packers here in 2023? So I have the Packers as an eight-win team this year. Um, okay. I Again, like you said, the big question that is going to have to be answered is, what is Jordan Love? No one has any idea how well he's going to be. Uh, I mean, the Packers certainly have a track record of letting go of Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks to pass it along to a new Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. I, obviously, no one knows if Jordan Love's going to be that guy. But this is a team that they tend to find ways to succeed no matter what happens every year. As you mentioned, they're always, they always seem to be Kings of the North. I don't see them 
getting it right away this year. Like you said, their defense is very average at best. I mean, Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the league. He'll tell you about it, it seems. But um, <laughs> I, I don't trust the defense. I The offense is a big question mark. Aaron Jones, he's getting a little bit older. I still think he's a good player. A.J. Dillon can kind of spell him for times. But, you know, this is this is not the team that's Aaron Rodgers with, uh, with Devontae Adams anymore. The wide receivers, their number one receiver is probably Christian Watson, I believe. He's. I don't see them having much firepower. I do think having that home field advantage in Lambeau is going to probably get them to sneak into a couple wins. I'm not as down on them as a lot of people seem to be, but I think eight wins is probably fair. I could see them cratering, though, but I'm going to go with eight just to be on the conservative mm-hmm. side. So, Joey, there's this thing that, I mean, I still, to this day, listen to every Bill Simmons podcast when he talks about football, and he has his nobody-believes-in-us teams every year. And this year it's the Packers, where it's like, hey, are we better without Rodgers? Because, you know, that locker room is fired up, kind of like the Seahawks were last year after Wilson left. They want to prove that, hey, we can do it without Superman. Where do you have the Packers finishing this year? Kind of on that, I'm really curious to see what, uh, Matt LaFleur can do without Aaron Rodgers probably overruling him on God knows what, like in the play calling. Because um, LaFleur does does come from the Shanahan-McVay tree of, you know, play design. And, you know, if Aaron really was kind of doing his, you know, YOLO stuff at the line of scrimmage, like let's see what Matt LaFleur can do when he can actually like run his own plays. Um Jordan Love was actually better than I thought this preseason. I know it's just preseason, but he was better than I thought he would be. And but still, like I, I, I don't think that I think they're going to fall off a bit. Even though I still have them going eight and nine, but better vibes. Like I think, I think maybe in twenty twenty four, like they could be a lot better. Um, like I, I, I think, I think the receivers are going to play better because I mean, I it just it feels like it just every pass, like oh my god, I don't want to piss off Aaron. Oh, like just. <laughs> Like it, I feel like they're a young team, at least young offensive core with uh, Jordan Love and you know Romeo Dobbs and you know like we were saying Watson. I think they can grow together. I mean Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is still pretty pretty darn solid. Um, I love the tight end they took Musgrave, um, young guy. I think that, again I think they could grow together. Like you can't do that with Aaron. Aaron, you know he's at least in Green Bay. I know Hard Knocks thinks he's Mr. Saint Nick, but at least in Green Bay he was prickly. Like all the time, especially the last couple of years, um, their defense—I I wonder how how good they're going to be. But they, you know, when they won six games until they lost to Detroit, I think I think their defense played really well when they got uh, Jr. Alexander back. Um, but yeah, I I I, th- I actually think they go eight nine potentially better. I don't th- I don't think they crater. To your point, Evan, I, the Packers seem to be at least functional and like kind of like Pittsburgh. Like doesn't matter what happens. Like we're going to go like. Eight and eight, or whatever, nine and eight, eight and nine, ten. Like they're going to be about there and competitive, um, but still, I, I, I think they finish eight and nine behind uh, Minnesota and Detroit, um, at least for this year. Okay, so I have Detroit winning the division, as does Joey. Uh, Evan has the Vikings winning the division. Um, I have the Vikings also making the playoffs, and you guys have the NFC North just getting one playoff team, um, the champion in that division. So that's our recap of the NFC North. Uh, Joey says fade Chicago. Uh, Other than that, mostly chalk. I'm a little bit higher on Detroit than some. Um, Let's head over to the NFC West. I mean, this is what the people are here to listen to. (laughs) This is why we have seven seven to eight of the best listeners 
uh, in the world, and almost all of whom are related to us. But I digress. The NFC West. We have to start with the defending NFC West champions. We have to start with uh, changing of the guard officially there in Santa Clara. Brock Purdy's team. I, I cannot. Big I, Cock Brock. Yeah. Joey's <laughs> fantasy football teams are all named Big Cock Brock now. Uh, it's, it's. Brock hard. It's a, <laughs> we almost considered renaming the pod, but uh, we have to keep Jimmy's face on there if we're going to keep the subscribers Jimmy a little salty up. today. Jimmy a little salty. Kinda yeah, like, he was. He was. He kinda was. Like, I kind of like it, Jimmy. I kind of like <laughs> well, it. We like petty Jimmy. Yes, we do. Uh, 2022, the Niners were sixth on offense, first on defense. Um, they did lose the architect of that number one ranked defense, D'Amico Ryans, to Houston. Um, but the offense and defense both should be elite. I believe this is the best roster in the NFL if you take away the quarterback. Uh, I still think Purdy is quite good, but this is without a doubt, in my opinion, the best roster in the NFL. You got Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, uh, Run CMC, Mitchell. I mean, basically the only question on the Niners is the offensive line outside of Trent Williams, who may still be the best you know, uh, offensive lineman in the NFL, uh, on defense, they were number 20 against the pass last year, but that's because they were ahead in so many games. They went on that ridiculous win streak where, you know, they're blowing teams out and, um, forcing them to pass a ton in the fourth quarter, but they were number two against the run. They added Javon Hargrave to try to improve, you know, an already great defensive line. Joey, I, I have to give you your time here. The only concerns that I have for the Niners overall would be the depth on the defense and maybe corner and maybe offensive line all that being said i have them going 13 and 4 let's hear let's hear your take Damn. heading into 2023 uh i'll say i get their record first i have them going 12 and 5 i think 13 and 4 i mean that's damn good um, I'll be honest, vibes aren't as peachy as you, uh, at least in my opinion, maybe because I'm a fan and I just naturally worry about them more than, <laughs> than most. Um, the the whole operation's taking, taking some bullets right now with how the whole Lance thing was handled, the whole draft pick. I mean, I don't care if they win the next five Super Bowls. Like, that trade looking back is just gonna, a giant L no matter how you look. I don't care if they win. Like, next, like you can't slice it any other than that. It's probably the worst, probably the worst trade trade up draft pick ever. Um, luckily they, you know, they, they found Brock hard and, and, uh, seemed to have stabled the ship. But, um, uh, last week I mentioned, I felt pretty great about Nick Bosa signing. I feel the complete opposite right now. A uh, rumor came out a couple hours ago that they're going to trade him. And, uh, boy, that, that, Ooh, that changes a man. lot of things. Cause I, I mean, we don't know, but there's rumors he's asking for like 40 million a year. Like he wants to reset the market and he does not care. Potentially, again, all rumors. Um, but, again, if you're looking like – like if Arizona gives Kyler Murray that money, like I guess a player like him, why isn't he asking for that, I guess? Like who cares what position you play, especially if you play one that might be the second most um, important. Anyways, I mean, like you said, I do think they're the best roster in the NFL. Um, I think – I'm not going to say Brock Purdy is going to be a te- top ten quarterback, but – he, he will play like it most of the time. I mean, he might have a couple weeks where he plays like maybe the 25th best quarterback, but I, I still think he's on average in the top 15 um, in this offense with these weapons. Um, interior offensive line, that kind of like you said, is, 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 a, is a question mark. I think the biggest question mark is their interior defensive line, as crazy as it is with all the money they have up in Eric Armstead and uh, Kinlaw and Hargrave. They get run on like – I mean, the last two preseason games, they gave more up six yards of carry. I know it's just preseason. The starters ain't playing. 
but their backups suck. Uh, <laughs> like that's why we got we. I mean, we lost by fourteen to Atlanta last year, even despite going thirteen and four. I mean, if teams want to run the ball, they could run it right at the middle. And this first game in, in Pittsburgh ain't no joke because uh, Kenny Pickett's flying. Uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are going to run the ball, and yeah. Um, I not saw to spoil the not to spoil the party here, but uh, I already have a bet on Pittsburgh money line week one. Sorry to say, I don't. I, last yeah. I looked, the Niners were like minus I think two and a half, which I think yeah, is I pretty bet crazy. Pittsburgh plus one thirty to win the game back when it was, I believe, nine. You know what? I'm three. just as a fan, I'm glad that like it's we we have like a solid game because like last year we played Chicago and it's like if we don't win this game, of course we lost. It's just like what a what a shit start to the season. Um, but this one much tougher. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're loaded. I, I who's to say what happens to Nick Bosa? They 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 have to figure that out. That's problems one, two, three, and four, and five. Um, but yeah, I think they go twelve and five, and 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 I do think that wins the division. But yeah, I. Uh. All right, Evan, your biggest rival, the Forty ers Where do you have them finishing in twenty twenty three? I have them as an 11 and 16. I think I, I agree with both of you. I think they have the most stacked roster in all of football. Um, they're going to get a, well, you hope they would get a full season out of run CMC. Um, but again, that, that thought is, I forgot to say that. Good point. Injuries. Yeah, Cause our whole teams, we, we might want to have one of those again. feels like every year where we just lose everybody. And that's, that's why I can never really go fully in on, because I think the Niners are the best team in football on paper, but, they get hurt every single year. There's always something going on. I mean, last year they had to consider making Christian McCaffrey a quarterback in a playoff game. It's it's just this this ongoing issue with them. But if they can stay healthy, I could see them, like you were saying, Eric, as like a 13-win team, easy. I, I really think they're that good. But I, it's just the injury factor, some that always seems to be a problem with the Niners. It's always the thing that seems to hold them back. And like Joey was saying, the interior line... Uh, on the defensive side, I mean, this is a division that, with the Seahawks in the division, what does Pete Carroll love to do? He loves to run the ball. And I think Kenneth Walker is one of the best uh, running backs that I've seen in quite some time uh, coming through Seattle. I think it's the best thing they've had since Marshawn. If you got some good running backs trying to run down the throat like that, it's going to be a problem. But that being said, Nick Bosa, if they get that deal sorted out, he's always going to be a problem. The defense is always going to cause fits for the other team. This is, I mean, with Debo, when they got Ayuk, they got CMC. If they are healthy with that offensive line, you know, it could be questionable, but they got the best left tackle in football. This is an incredibly talented team, and I hate how talented they are, and I don't want to be that guy who's like, I think injuries are going to cause the Seahawks to win the division. I don't think it's going to be that far, but I I think they're going to be an 11-13 to win team. I'm going to go 11 for now. But, yeah, they're one of those teams where if there are any injuries, then I think that could be the opening for Seattle to maybe take the division, but I can't count on it. So Evan's got 11-6, and six, Joey's got 12-5, and five, I've got 13-4 and four for the 49ers. I'm going to, for those of you watching at home, I'm going to show you this Athlon preview that I bought. And let's see if we can get this on the screen here. Uh, it's kind of challenging with my background, but they actually have... The NFC representative in the Super Bowl predicted by this national magazine with dozens of writers as the Seattle Seahawks. What, Gino Cook? And is that like here's one person my or pick. just like, the, like they do it as like a whole? 
No, as a whole, they voted that the Seahawks would not only win their division, but would win the NFC. They would lose the Super Bowl to Kansas wow. City in this magazine. I was shocked when I read that. And then I looked at the Seahawks roster, and I have them going 13-4 and four and winning the division in a tiebreak wow. over the 49ers. I know this is shocking. I know Joey's going to be upset here. But this is probably one of the three best rosters in the NFL outside of the quarterback. I think this has been back-to-back A++ drafts in Seattle. Uh, yes, Jackson Smith Najigba is hurt uh, early on in the season. He has a wrist injury. They expect him to be back week three or four. But, I mean, if you look at this most recent draft for the Seahawks and last year's draft where they drafted possible all-pros in each of the first three rounds, this is a roster that is elite at everything other than essentially QB and maybe interior offensive line. But you drafted two great tackles last year. You have an elite, probably top five corner. You just drafted a corner um, with the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, the fourth pick in the draft. And I'm another wide receiver later in the first round. At all the positions in the NFL that matter, the Seahawks appear to be stacked. They brought back essentially the most important part of the Legion of Boom defense and Bobby Wagner, who's back to anchor in the middle and wear the green dot. Evan, I cannot believe that I'm this high on the Seahawks, but I looked at all the rosters. I read all the reporting out of camp. I do have them going 13-4. and four. I know that may be the death knell for you, and you're like, please don't put that out into the universe, but where do you have your beloved Seahawks in 2023? Man, that's a hell of a buildup, but I don't think that they're going to live up to that. But, <laughs> God, I would love that. Uh I have Seattle tying with the Niners at an 11-win season. The tiebreaker, it, it could go either way. I literally, when I went through the season, dude, I sorry, sorry to interrupt, but like every time we do these, like I manage to have like every team have a tiebreaker, and I'm like, what's the tiebreaker? Like, like I don't even like conference record. I don't know. I didn't do all this math. <laughs> I, for me, I just use this website where it does it for me because I'm nowhere near intelligent to try to figure that out on my own. I, so I have them as an 11-win team. I am high on the Seahawks. I see them as a ceiling team, about 12 wins. Um, I I believe in Gino. He, I was very resistant to believing him last year, as you guys talked about when I was on the podcast before. I was a big Russell Wilson fan. Everything got turned on its head. Gino played incredibly well. He gave me no reason to suspect that he can't replicate that performance. It's obvious that the team loves him. Um, the city has embraced him. This is an offense that I think is going to be electric this year. In a full season, hopefully out of Walker, uh, who, like I said, he, he seems like mini AP. He, he runs in a very similar style, and I absolutely loved watching him last year. I thought he brought such a great element to the team that they'd been missing for a while. Um, with JSN. Charbonnet, too, yeah. as the second string running back. He looked awesome in the preseason. He did, yeah. He, he absolutely did. And then in the seventh round, they got McIntosh as well, who, for everything that I've heard, is he could be a great player as well. Um, the running game, Seahawks always put a big focus on that. But I think adding JSN to the team is going to be huge. Jackson Smith and Jigba, he may have been the best receiver in the draft. The Seahawks, I think they're the first team to take a receiver in the draft, and they took him. To put... A guy like that, who apparently is an elite route runner, he's got a supposedly great character, really hard worker. You put him in the slot with Tyler Lockett, a guy that every year continually gets slept on and every year puts up 1,000-yard seasons. You got a guy in DK Metcalf who's an alpha male of all alpha males. This is an offense that I think could explode this year. I could see the Seahawks. I, I would 
think they're going to be a top five offense this year, if I'm if if I were to guess. And the defense is, I think they're a little bit underrated. I still have a lot of worries about them stopping the run. The inside of their defensive line is still a question. Same with the offensive line, uh, the interior. Last year they were 30th against the run, and then this year, obviously, you know, they have Woolen and the elite uh, quarterback withers or cornerback Witherspoon that they drafted. So you, you, your concern is with the run defense. For it them, is, right? yeah. I think Bobby Wagner coming back is going to help out a lot. He, he'll be able to captain it. Jordan Brooks, um, he obviously came off a terrible injury last year. He's been cleared to play now. So once he is back in the lineup, I think their their linebacking core is going to be much improved. Um, but the inside line, that's going to be the problem. They're bringing back Jaron Reed, who is a staple at the Seahawks for a long time. Um, they've got some problems rushing the passer as well, but I think they're addressing it a pretty decent amount this year. Um, they obviously, with Moye last year, he was great. Um, they have uh, Nwosu. He was a guy that really surprised last year and did a good job for them. Um, he was amazing in the second half of the season. There, I, I think getting a full season of him being a starter on the defensive line, high expectations for him as well. Exactly. And I think uh, Draymond, uh, adding Draymond Jones to the team from the Broncos, I think that's going to be a big move for them. So I think the pass rush is going to be better. I still have questions about the run defense, but I think this is maybe a top five offensive unit. It has the potential to be top 15 defensive unit. I think Pete Carroll always coaches them up well. I see them as an 11-win team just because as a Seahawks fan, I try to be as conservative as possible so I don't let myself down. But I think 11 wins is reasonable. I could see them being as much as a 13-win team, though. Okay, Joey, you just heard two incredibly homer picks there. Where are you going for the Seahawks? Oh, I don't think they're homer at all. I think Seattle's damn good. I think Seattle is, uh, I mean, they're at worst, I think, the third best team in the NFC. Um, but with the Niners and Philly, I think. Um, I think, like you said, I think they're loaded. They had another draft, uh, phenomenal draft. I love Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigman has, a, has, I mean, theoretically a third receiver um, is wild. I mean, I believe in Geno Smith as much as I believe in Brock Purdy. I think he'll be, he'll have just as good a year. Um, similar concerns. They're front seven. I mean, that's where the Niners, particularly last year, killed them. Mm-hmm. When the Niners, you know, they love to run the ball. Um, uh, but like you said, Bobby Wagner is huge because I think the bigger problem is not – I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong, Evan, but I think the bigger problem was the linebackers more than the defense. It was a big that. problem. Um, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I swear, like, I, uh, the Niners, when they played Seattle, would run this same, like, like they run the play action stretch and then Debo comes across passes like every mm-hmm. linebacker and like, you know, the touchdown in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like passes every linebacker, no entire, like, like the, I swear they ran that same play with a crossing him or Ayuk and just no one covered him yeah. or like, it's not, he's just like, they didn't like, if they can fix like seeing just specifically that play alone um, would be huge. But no, I think Seattle's damn good. I just, their front seven there. I think their, their secondary is, uh, one of the best in the league. Um, offensive line, solid. Running backs, yeah, love the guy at UCLA. Kenneth Walker's, if he can stay healthy, he's a stud. No, I, I mean, I think they're really good. I, I have them going. I do have them going one game behind the Niners, just because I like kind of like Detroit. They were, I because I thought they were really good last year, and they for only went nine and eight kind of type thing. It's hard to go nine and eight to thirteen and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they go eleven and, and six. It's still weird to say like not eleven and five. Like it's yeah, so hard. That's 
So I am finishing one from game, an odd but like, yeah, no, I think it's a two. I think it's a two horse race. I mean, you could easily convince me the NFC Championship is, is these are these two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Philly oh, since they lost a lot of guys would come come back down, but yeah, no, I, I think they're I think they're really good. So we all think both of the Seahawks and Niners are going to be really, really good. Maybe another 2013 NFC Championship game rematch in the cards in the future. I'll tell you two teams who are not going to meet in the NFC Championship game, and let's just get through these quickly. The Rams, they're over under is 6.5. They're 10-1 to to win the division. Um, 27th in offense, 21st in defense la- uh, last year. Nothing really new on offense. They're banking on a breakout from... Uh, from Cam Akers, who to this point in his career, you would have to say has been a bust. And then on defense, I mean, it's just really Aaron Donald and a bunch of scrubs. Unless Stafford and Cup stay healthy and Donald stays healthy and they're very, very productive, like all pro level productive, I just don't see it from them. I have them going 7-10. and 10. I think that's Damn. better than both of what you guys are going to have because I have I literally, another... like, part of me is like, wants to be like, where are those seven coming from? <laughs> I mean, this is the first time in McVay's tenure where he's playing like a, a, a last place schedule, a third place schedule. So the schedule really isn't that bad. But um, obviously, I think Arizona's going to be worse. But I have them at seven and ten. I think they could. The bottom could fall out. They could go two and fifteen. Who knows? But I have them at seven and ten. Joey, I take it you're lower than that. Three and fourteen. Oh. <laughs> like I, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be awful. I think they're going to be god awful. Wow. Um. I mean, they. Re- I mean, they went for it. I mean, I, I they got their Super Bowl. Like, I mean, I, I would, I would trade, I would trade some, some suck seasons for a Super Bowl. Like, you know, but this is what happens. I mean, again, like, say Tom Brady did finish that comeback in the playoff game. Say Jaquaski Tart caught the fucking ball. <laughs> like, I mean, like they would have no Super Bowl and still be like this. I, I. I think their roster. I think they have the worst roster in the second worst, second worst roster in the league. I mean, I think there's. I think there's zero chance Matthew Stafford stays healthy. I left my boy Cooper Cup, but he ain't staying healthy. Most likely, I hope he does. I mean, for his, you know, for you know, we root for the health of all players. But yeah, no, I. I mean, Aaron Donald and a bunch of scrubs is, is a good way to put it. I think Aaron. I think it. I. What's the over under on McVay and Aaron Donald retiring? Mid-season. <laughs> mid-season will be really high. Like, honestly. I, I think the Rams suck. I think they. I think. I think they. I think they might win three games, and two of them might be against Arizona. <laughs> wow. Okay, Evan. I. I take it. I remember earlier in the off-season when we did a pod, you were also down on the Rams. I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be pretty bad. I. I. I'm not as down on them. I try to be conservative with the Rams. I'm going to give them six wins. I think realistically they just can't protect Stafford at all. Their offensive line is that was a huge problem last year. He got hurt. Um, Cooper cup got hurt. And once any one of those two guys get hurt, the entire offense is terrible. I mean, we, we saw what happened in that last preseason game, not to put too much into the preseason, but they got absolutely destroyed by the Broncos is like the most embarrassing loss. I think, I think they lost their preseason aggregate, like dash 75. Yeah. And, so my math says that's losing by 25 points a game. That's probably not going to do well for you, no. And I I just, I mean, again, Matt Stafford didn't play, Cup didn't play, Donald didn't play. I get that. I feel like Stafford and Cup, if healthy, they can get they can win a few games. Aaron Donald can still wreck, wreck offenses. 
I see them as winning six games, and that's being very generous. If the, if any one of those three guys get hurt, though, which is likely going to happen, because again, that offensive line can't protect Stafford. He's getting old. He, he's not mobile. Cooper Cup's coming off major injury. Aaron Donald's had some injuries as well. I think if any one of those guys gets hurt, I could see them being like a four win team. This is yeah. I think we see yeah. Stetson Bennett ten games. <laughs> God. Stetson Bennett, he's, who's a thirty-seven-year-old yeah. rookie, he's he's somehow older. Than maybe he Stafford. can connect. Maybe he can. He's old enough to connect with Matthew Stafford. <laughs> yeah, do you see this the other day? Stafford's wife on her podcast was like, "These players don't connect with him because of his age or whatever. They they just don't get along with Matthew." I'm like, "Yeah, he's thirty-seven. A, dude, but like, honestly, though, as a married guy, like, if I was Matthew, I'd be like, "I swear to God, like, how stupid can you be? <laughs> like, like, why do you say that?" Like, what are you doing? Like, you're killing me. Like, I can't relate uh, to his dating triangle the, stories. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's um, all the time we should dedicate to the Rams. I mean, it's going to be a tire fire season. Um, and then there's Arizona, who's over under is four Oof. wins. They're twenty five to one to win their own division. They just released Colt McCoy. They just put Kyler Murray on the pup, which means he's not playing till at least week five. Seems very likely that he's going to miss the entire season. This is unequivocally the worst team in the NFL. And I've listened to two podcasts uh, previewing uh, the entire NFL season. Um, Bet the Board does this like eight pod, um, you know, uh, stretch where they preview all the divisions. According to some of the like advanced analytics about all of the players currently assembled on Arizona's defense. They say it could be the worst defense of all time. Like, could break the record for most points allowed in a season is Arizona's defense this year. They were 31st last year, and a lot of people think they're going to be significantly worse this year. I have them going 2-15, and 15, and that might be too, too many wins. Evan, where do you have the uh, the lowly Cardinals? I have them at 2-15 and 15 as well. This is, this is just a, a sad, sad team and a sad franchise. The most exciting thing that happened to them this offseason was their unveiling of their new jerseys, and those suck as well. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's just their their red ones are awful. But I I saw the white. I, I think the white they're, is okay. They're okay, but the red one, like they've had the worst jerseys in football, in my opinion, for a while. There's just nothing to them, and then the reveal of the new one. It's just so typical on brand for the Cardinals this year. It's just it's just suck. It's awful, and. Obviously, Kyler Murray's hurt. Don't know when he's going to be coming back, but what's he coming back to? He's got uh, James Conner, I think, is like the only guy in the offense that has a pulse. They, he lost his only receiver that had a pulse. He went to, uh, you know, New Hopkins went to, I think, Tennessee. Defense, mm-hmm. I mean, what do they have on defense? Like, what, what even is their identity on defense? I like Buda Baker. Buda yeah, Baker, that's so. yeah. It's Buda Baker and and ten mm-hmm. dudes who you not, nobody yeah. has heard of. And I, I even saw. I think the Vikings and the the Cardinals had a joint practice the other day. And Buda Baker, I think he's good, but he got absolutely cooked in some of those those things that I saw in practice. Like Justin <laughs> Jefferson was just playing around with him. It there they there is nothing about this Cardinals team that I like. Two wins is like I don't see them getting more. Maybe their ceiling's three wins. Uh, but I, yeah, th- this is a two-win team. This is a pathetic franchise. I, I'm sorry, but they're they're not doing anything this year. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you and I hated the Gannon hiring. We hated the Kyler Murray contract. There's no reason to to dwell too much on Arizona. But you got to give us the record. I, I think you know I got right. we got time. <laughs> uh, the Arizona Cardinals 
arguably the worst run franchise in all sports right now. Um, this is the biggest tank job, at least I've seen. Um, and sadly, unfortunately, it might work because if you look at the trade they made with the Texans last year, if the Texans aren't good, it's very possible Arizona picks like one and two mm. next mm. next draft. And they could end up with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, that would turn this around a lot quicker than what it seems right now. Um, but they better hope they go like one and 16 or two and 15 because this sad sack of shit, the Arizona Cardinals, if they go like five and 12 and pick like four or five, they're, they're like, that's not successful. Like they need to tank. They have the worst roster in the NFL. I think by, by a bit. I mean, I think the Rams are terrible. I think Arizona's in another league of terrible. If there was rele- relegation, Arizona would be up first. Um, they're awful. They have no talent um, anywhere. They just cut Colt McCoy, who's a you know serviceable, like solid guy to just hold the fort and be like respectable. Nope, we're gonna go with Josh Johnson, who you know I'm Josh pretty sure is a ru- oh yeah, Josh Josh Dobbs, <laughs> not Josh Johnson. <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> Um, PTSD. Josh Dobbs, who I'm pretty sure is like a rocket scientist, like a dude's like apparently like brilliant or something. Well, it took him about half a second for him probably to just be like, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> um, I don't even know who the other guy is. And then the imbecile, the head coach that they hired because literally no one wanted the job. was like, no, nah, this is Major League Baseball, and I'm not announcing my starting pitcher for week one. Competitive advantage. <laughs> it doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. Run the Wildcat. Run, run. James uh, Conner, yeah. Yeah. They're oh. terrible. They're yeah. awful. And, like, the other things, too, like, the all these, like, you know, athletic surveys and agents and, like, people are like, no, nah, the facilities yeah. suck. Ownership sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> so that's our NFC West preview. The Cardinals are going to suck. The Rams are very likely going to suck. Like, and we both I, think. Like, I, <laughs> I bet my house the Niners in, in Seattle go, like, 4-0 against like there's i i might but that might bite me in the ass and then the rams might beat the niners in week two but like i just don't see it I think yeah terrible. you you would think this is probably the biggest you know gap between the second and third which, which could be big for the either division. the niners or seattle like you know potential like seeding in a playoffs yeah. or something because if you know philly like it's got to play i mean dallas and the giants you know solid and you know Maybe Sam Howell, somebody, you know, there's no easy ones in the other divisions. I mean, I think the NFC South is irrelevant, but (laughs) NFC North, like, I mean, I think Chicago sucks, but they're they're in another league compared to the Rams Mm -hmm. and Cardinals as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, this this division is going to run through basically who wins the San Francisco-Seattle games. I think that Thanksgiving night in Seattle game is going to be huge. Um, They play two out of the three-week stretch, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And then in between the two games that the Seahawks and Niners play each other, they play Dallas and Philly respectively. So it's like that is a huge three-week stretch. Cannot wait for that. Fall football season is almost here. So pumped. Um, Let's head over to Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week. Uh, It's a good time to segue because I think I know where you're going here as a recent topic of ours. But just a couple candidates on my end. Uh, John Fisher, the A's owner, with his fake-ass interviews this week with the <laughs> Las Vegas Review-Journal and with Raj Mathai and NBC Sports Bay Area. Just He's unwilling to get in front of a camera, so he, he puts out these quotes through the media. He's just a total clown, and, I mean, that guy's got to go. I don't care if it's 
him moving to Vegas and them renaming the team and the A's name staying in Oakland or if someone can find a way to force this guy out. I mean, total clown, only willing to talk to quote-unquote state-controlled media. Um, And then Mike McCarthy I wanted to put on the list. He had Dak Prescott coach the offense in week three of the preseason, and the Cowboys did a thousand times better than when McCarthy was calling the offense. I, it was it was a shocking move. I, I think he did it as like, oh, this will be fun. Like this will get the team together. And now everybody's like, what exactly do you do here? Because Dak just did a better job at OC than you ever have in your tenure in Dallas. Um, but Joe, you're going with a recent topic of ours for the Jack and the Bum of the Week. Yeah, Jack and the Bum of the Week. You can just uh, copy and paste everything I just said about the Arizona Cardinals. Because congratulations, <laughs> you're the Jack and the Bum of the Week. <laughs> I mean, just like I said, just a sad, sad franchise. Ownership down. The uh, Michael Bidwell, like they fired Steve Kime. I'm the new guy, Monty Austin for it. Pretty sure that's who it is. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, although I will give him a little bit of credit. I, the Houston um, draft trade last year could prove pretty, uh, pretty nice. But um, the Kyler Murray situation started with Steve Kime. The homework clause. The you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, which if you watch the if you watch the uh, Johnny Manziel documentary, no no shit, he he let Kyler Murray act a fool. Like he's just like Johnny Manziel's like, oh yeah, if you play well, like whatever, it's cool. Um, yeah, Kyler Murray's playing video games. I mean, uh, he he himself is a tire fire, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and like I said, all the all the agents, all of the executives, teams talk about how poor. The behind-the-scenes stuff is um, pretty sure Bidwell himself was involved in some legal issue, workplace stuff. Um, they're awful, and you know I might talk myself into them being awful at tanking, and they might just as well finish like five and twelve, and uh, and and not position themselves. I'll say to uh, to be in the uh, QB draft sweepstakes, but they're terrible. They're awful, horrible franchise. Yeah, like Evan said, the kicker, the jerseys suck. <laughs> like, just, they look like college practice jerseys. They look like, yeah, no, they're terrible. I don't have anything no, new to nothing say. Nothing redeeming. Nothing redeeming no. about the Cardinals. The whole situation right now, there's there's no one on that team that's going to be on the team the next time they're really good. The the owner is a clown. Well, the, the Super Bowl coach... last year was there, too, and, the, and it wasn't the grass, yeah. like, absolute <laughs> ass, too. I mean, just everything. <laughs> Yeah, the stadium, the the grass was so slippery it affected the Super Bowl. I mean, just just horrendous. So that's the Arizona Cardinals, the Jack and the Bum of the Week for our final preseason uh, prediction pod. Let's head over to my You Like That Picks of the Week. Uh, these are the last two division picks uh, that we're going to make here uh, in our season preview pods. Um, I'm going to go with Homer picks on both accounts. I'm going Vikings over 8.5, minus 110. Um, I was surprised that... They dropped from 13 wins last year to eight and a half in the projections. Um, I think they can go over that. I think, you know, obviously there's a very tough game in week two at Philly. And then, you know, there's some games, you know, the Niners come to town. We uh, have the Chiefs coming to town shortly after that. Yes, there are some tough games on the schedule, but there's some layups too. Uh, I believe in Kevin O'Connell, and I think this team is good enough to at the very least get to nine wins. Uh, I think we're returning to the playoffs this year. And then the Seahawks over nine, even money. Uh, There's over eight and a half out there, minus 150 as well. Whichever one you want to play, I played over nine, even money. Uh, 
Uh, I think last year they were a nine-win team, and this year they've had a better draft, added some great players. I think, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. I think, barring a ton of injuries, them getting to 10 wins is, to me, a virtual certainty, barring injury. So, um, that's the You Like That Picks of the Week for the NFC North and NFC West Preview Pod. Minnesota over 8.5, minus 110, and Seattle over 9, even money. Joey, it's time for your Feels Great Baby, your wildest take you feel best about currently. And this is one that when you typed it into our little our little rundown, I was shocked to see this one. What What is your, your wild take this week? My wild temp- take, you know, I swung and missed so hard last week. I felt great about Nick Bosa, and that just went horribly wrong. So I was kind of just... I need it needed to feel good and, and I'm I'm myself pretty excited college football is back. So I feel pretty great about this weekend. Um you know, I could use it, you know, uh don't sleep much anymore. Um with this new life we have here. But uh yeah, I'm I'm hoping I could uh get some college football. I think the kickoff game is they do like a Thursday night too. I think it's uh, Florida at Utah. Um and then yeah, huge Saturday of football, you know, I'm just just looking forward to sitting my fat ass on the couch and, and watching some, some football. Because um, what the hell else am I going to do? Just turn this little baby around, put his face in front of the TV, and and uh, hang out with Dad. Start him young. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, I'm excited for that. I used to be – I used to, like, think college football I, – I, I just thought it was confusing, a lot like why I don't watch soccer. Like, I think soccer, you know, can be pretty – sometimes pretty electric but like i just don't understand it like the rosters the teams the leagues like you just loan a player whatever it is and college football i was like wow there's so many teams so what the hell's going on and uh, i couldn't even imagine being like a, a young fan watching it now with the transfer portal and nil and all these teams just picking up and moving conferences but no i'm excited yeah, college football's back. Last year uh, on the pod, every once in a while, I would drop a college football pick. Um, you know, I think I might do that again this year. I do have quite a few bets going in week one of, of college football. Uh, I got to pull up my my list. Actually, Nothing says college football's my... back like week one lines like Georgia minus 59 and a half. Yeah, UMass plus 39 and a half at uh, Auburn. There's one for you. Um, yeah, I would say if I had to take a pick of the week, um, let's see. What do I have? Let's go with Coastal Carolina plus 17 at UCLA. Not a big believer in Chip Kelly. Uh, I actually played golf right next to the Rose Bowl last week. And, you know, you want to talk about a team that has no local interest. UCLA football is in the dumps. Like, that game is going to have 12,000, 15,000 people at it. Coastal Carolina is a well-coached team. They've been good the last few years. So just a free one, freebie for you there. Coastal Carolina plus 17 at UCLA. Um, so that's Joey's feels great, baby. College football is back. Uh, we still got to wait about ten days for uh, the NFL to be back. But this might be the worst. That that is bad. The college football is back, but this wait till week one. That's rough. Oh, sucks. Nine days. We just got to make it nine days, boys. Can we do it? We shall see. Uh, let's close the pod with some some other topics kind of outside the NFL and NFL rosters and whatnot. And with Evan being back on the pod, we have to do. Uh, what used to be his DNR of the week from the, the previous pod, we're going to rename that segment. You got a new little idea you want to run with here. Uh, Evan, the floor is yours. Yeah, kind of going with the DNR from the last time I was here. That's for anyone that doesn't know nursing terms and medical terms. That's do not resuscitate. Don't let it come back. 
this year, I'm going for the opposite. We're going to say it's a full code. This is my revive of the week. Something that I am happy about that's being brought back, and I want to be brought back even further. So break out the AEDs, because we're saving this. This, So the Seahawks, just for a little backstory, I grew up with a family of Vikings fans. Surprise, surprise. If you didn't know, Eric and I are related. What a shock. <laughs> um, but... As a little kid, the one thing that I always wanted was to be different than everyone else. I always wanted to be unique. My dad and my brother are trying to get me to be Vikings fans. I bet your parents Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Easy to get along with, you know. I was just the picturesque child. Um, but I... I bet your mom's like, family photo, everyone wear blue. And you're like, I'm, I'm wearing red today, <laughs> bitches. Uh, there's stories of me in like elementary school where everyone for Christmas had to make like little reindeer hats and whatnot. I made mine like black with a green nose. Um, so in the spirit of being that weird child, I didn't want to be a Vikings fan. We took a trip up to visit family in, in Washington and I saw the Seahawks for the first time. And at five years old, I fell in love with them, became a diehard fan pretty quickly. And the first thing that drew me to them was their uniforms, which they're bringing back this year for one game only against the Cleveland Browns. And that is a game. Oh, oh. I was going to ask about that because the, the, that's like my one of my nerdy things. I love mm-hmm. uniforms and shit. And the Niners released like their New Jersey schedule for the year. And I was wondering if the, if Seattle was wearing them a, that Thanksgiving uh, night. Because the, the Niners are wearing their white throwback again in Seattle, which feels like the only game they ever wear. <laughs> it. But uh, they usually wear their throwbacks like in primetime games. And I was wondering, that would be a cool jersey look. The Niners all white 94 throwbacks against Seattle's new. If if I had my way, we'd be wearing those jerseys every single game. I the the new the Seahawks jerseys for the last few years they've they're okay. Are they replacing the the highlighter? No, green? they're not replacing. They're adding, they adding to them? it. Yeah, so the highlighter green's still still part of it. Um, but man, the classic jersey look. The Vikings are doing it too. The Eagles with the Kelly green, just beautiful, beautiful jerseys. I love to see them coming back, and I want them to be more of a staple. Like when we play. Not that anyone plays Madden anymore because they haven't come up with anything new in 20 years, but whenever we play... <laughs> I bought it, but I have no freaking time to play it. <laughs> it's almost like you have a kid, kid or something. But... <laughs> and there, he'll, he'll be able to play Madden with you one day. Stupid. But <laughs> but one of the things that's Can awesome play, in Madden... Think about that. He'll be playing like Madden 42. <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> There's gonna, the Maddens will never end. Death taxes in Madden. But one of the things with Madden that I love is you can always choose whatever jersey you want at any point. And I always go with throwback jerseys. I go with the ones that I fell in love with back in 2000, the ones where the Seahawks made their first Super Bowl in 2005. I love those jerseys. And I just want all that to be revived and for those jerseys to be a part of the league again. And I'm excited to see them being revived this year for the Seahawks and for other teams, and I hope they expand on that. There's four distinct throwback. No, Evan doesn't have one yet. I have the. I just bought the Justin Jefferson, um, you know, version of the throwback, and I they're wearing the Vikings are wearing that week one against Tampa Bay. But I was going to say there's four distinct throwbacks coming back this year. The Vikings bringing their 70s and 80s back, which 
I think it looks awesome. The Seahawks with the the silver helmet and the deep blue jersey looks sick. It looks so fresh. And then the as you mentioned, the Eagles with the Kelly green with the old school eagle wing on the helmet looks really nice. And then the Buccaneers Mm. creamsicles are back for a couple games this year too, which is cool. Like I think you're right. There needs to be more of that. You know, some of these teams like Arizona that have shit ass jerseys should think about, hey, let's go with the problem. Is they all suck? So what are they going to throw it back to? More suck. But, like, I, yeah, that's what makes it so fun, too. It's like, remember they used to do this back in the day? Remember those crazy brown mm. and yellow Broncos uniforms yeah. they wore that one game for, like, a 50th anniversary or something? The Steelers mm. wore the Bumblebee ones that looked crazy. Like, I love when teams do that. It gives the game more color and See, more. See, I love, I love it, but I like the way they do it now. Like, I, I like it being minimal. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm afraid it's going to turn into the NBA which is like we have a new jerseys every year. We have new city jerseys, new city, whatever they call them, like icon association. We don't even have home and away. Like you never know what jersey they're wearing. Like sometimes they wear white at home. Sometimes Like that bothers me. That annoys me. I don't know why. Like because I like to know what jersey they're wearing. I find it cool. Like I'll maybe put on that same jersey at home or something. But like I like I think – like the NFL has some of these like humongous brands like Dallas Cowboys, like Packers, Steelers, like they have the same uniforms and same logo. Like I think that's a big part of like they have an identity and like I just like I want I want teams to have like a like their identity and like oh yeah, we wear like a throwback jersey I once or twice a year. I think the league has a rule where you can only have three games where you wear alternate mm-hmm. stuff. Like, if you wear, like, your regular jersey with, like, an alternate helmet, that counts as an alternate uniform. And I think you would only have three of those a, a year. Because I know the Niners are wearing their throw their red throwbacks twice, and they're wearing the white one only once, so that's their three. So, so like, so like if you're Seahawks Seattle, like, you can only wear the – if you're only wearing the throwbacks once, you probably wear the green one once or twice and then the rest yeah they always make the the green ones thursday night football games it's almost always how it works well that'll probably that'll probably be another they wore them did they wore them too last year for the rust game right they did yeah i think yeah Mm -hmm. prime time yeah that's what the niners do they were they were them in prime time let everyone see them let everyone buy them spend more money it's a win-win for everybody everybody's gonna spend more money the second the vikings drop that throwback i was like Mm -hmm buy just like you know you're gonna make <laughs> what, money off of us <laughs> what player would you get so, I, i'm curious what what players people get on other i mean vikings probably always get like Jess, mm-hmm. jefferson right now yeah but, i like, was deciding between addison and then obviously that situation happened and then maybe like an old school player because it looks like an old vikings uniform and i just said safest bet jefferson he'll be there for a day what about you evan who you I, in, uh, you just put on the back they wrote me off <laughs> Didn't write back on this other side. Yeah, didn't write back. Yeah, just wrote, didn't write back. For me, I've I've been looking on the Seahawks team store a lot lately, and I've been deciding who I want. I'm, I'm probably going to go with Bobby Wagner. I feel like you can't go wrong with Bobby Wagner. Either him or Lockett would be my two that I'm going with. Hmm. Yeah, two. Those icons. are your guys. Would Russell let, let those are your guys? I'm not even. I'm just. I like to know that. There's football. There's so many players. Like most people get the quarterback, like if but if your quarterback's not like, you know, your favorite or whoever, like who do they get? So it's interesting. I just had an idea in the spirit of last yeah. week. So we were going to talk about the A's a little bit, but who wants that depressing nonsense? <laughs> I like last to bash week, the A's. It makes me feel better. About it. <laughs> 
last week we ranked um, our like top favorite uh, ballpark foods. So let's try to off the top of our heads favorite football jerseys we've ever owned. So I have a long list. Evan has owned. a long list. Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I would say. My number one was probably the 09 Brett Favre Vikings. I wore that thing like every day to school in 2009. That. that was my shit. I was the biggest Favre guy. Now, in hindsight, he's a bit of a, a knucklehead in other aspects. But at the time, I was like, this is the guy that's going to deliver the Super Bowl. And those, I liked those jerseys. I would say that's probably my number one. Uh, Ev, what would you say is your like number one football jersey you've owned? I think I know which one. Probably my Marshawn Lynch jersey. I, I, I remember getting the Marshawn. Wow, it's not a rest. That's the thing. I, I love my rust. I had a bunch of rust shirts. I had a couple rust jerseys, but the Marshawn Lynch one, I always associate with the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl because that's what I wore the day they won. So it, it became my good luck charm. So I would wear it pretty much every game. It was the yeah, great I still alternate, wear it. right? I still have it all the time. Was your Brett Favre, like, was it just because it was Brett Favre? Or was it also well, like the, because the, I'm assuming you had probably more than one Brett Favre. Yeah, I had the white and the and the purple Brett so you Favre. Had the regular I'm gonna, purple? So yeah. this is just off the top of my head. I'm going to try to <laughs> name all of the jerseys I've had for the Vikings. Culpepper and Moss were my first ones. After that, I definitely had two Adrian Petersons, one white and one purple. Two Brett Favres, one white and one purple. Randy Moss, Donovan McNabb, Teddy Bridgewater, Adrian Peterson Jesus. again. And then... Uh, Diggs, Thielen, Cousins, Jefferson, and Jefferson again. I believe that's the list. I mean, it's just, it's insane. And Evan, I know, I remember buying you an yeah, Earl Thomas yeah. one a long time ago. Like, the list Yeah, is I'm long. trying to think of all the ones that I've had. I know I've had, I think my first one was a Joey Galloway. Um, and then after, Sean, Sean Springs, Springs, yeah. Sean Alexander. I had two <laughs> Sean Alexanders. I think I had, like, three Matt Hasselbeck ones, blue, white. Um... The Earl Thomas, Jesus. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, and then I gotta think. I don't know if I have anything since Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson. I think those are the last ones, but I'm get I'm getting a classic. Right, because you got the Metcalf like you got the Metcalf like shirt hoodie. Thing I, I got the Metcalf Bill Belichick collab. Yeah, the sle- the sleeveless hoodie. <laughs> Joey's more of a hat guy, but I know you've had some Niner jerseys. This, to be honest, I, I've only, I've only ever owned, like total in my life, five, nine jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was Kevin Barlow, really, Tim yeah, Rattay. This, this, well, if this was a Sharks one, that'd be harder. I, I own a lot more of those, but probably my. My favorite. I mean, there's only a couple, but and the Niners don't have a lot of different. Like it's all the red. Well, I do have. For there, there's some of my favorite for different reasons. The first one, the first Niner jersey I ever owned was actually a Colin Kaepernick, um, mm. stitched Colin Kaepernick um, that I still have, which is hard to wear because I don't want to be like a cultural artifact out in public. <laughs> like people, like I just like I'm. This will just because Caleb bought it for me. It's a birthday gift. And I was like, we were first kind of dating because right after he signed that deal. And uh, I was like, oh, this is so nice. And then, like, you know, obviously shit's changed since then. And I'm like, I'm not trying to wear this to the grocery store and, like, get murdered or something. <laughs> um, so, uh, but for that reason, like, yeah, it was my first one. Kayla got it for me. It was cool. But, like, color and, like, 
I I have the white throwback in in a Bosa that's stitched. Like that's pretty nice. And I have they got they doesn't look like it, but they got new regular home and away jerseys last year. Um, if you're super into nerdy jer- jersey stuff, they changed the font on the 49ers here from the like word block to the saloon font, mm-hmm. and then they added a stripe on the sleeves. So uh, I have one of those with Kittle mm-hmm. um, that I bought. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I have a Jimmy, regular red Jimmy. Um, funny story with that, my dad bought it for me, but he didn't for Christmas. He didn't want to be a, he didn't want to like wrap it up normally. So he, he like folded up and bunched it up in like this, uh, like uh, clean your ass toilet like thing. <laughs> like you attach it to like the toilet that like cleans your ass, but it was like a gag bag or something. Like it, it wasn't real. Like there was nothing in it. Like, like he's, I was like, what the hell is this? And he's like, open it. And he put a, he put the Jimmy Garoppolo jersey in it. I was like, first off this, that's weird. But second off, like you just paid like, I mean, he bought it stitched. So it was like 150 bucks. Probably you just rumbled this all up into a toilet (laughs) box attachment. Um, and, uh, and then I, I have like a, I have another Bosa, which is regular one, but it's not stitched. It's just the one comfortable one that I like. But yeah, that's all I've ever owned. Sharks one, that's harder. I have, I think like fifteen. Yeah, yeah I remember back in the day in college, you would always wear a different one. Like I was like, damn, he's got the Heatley, he's got the Thornton, he's got the Marlowe. <laughs> Haven't bought one the- in a while because there's no one to <laughs> freaking put on a jersey right now. <laughs> Although I do like the new ones. Um, yeah, I have. I actually the player I have the jerseys the most is Brent Burns. I have three different Brent Burns. Yeah, I still think Adrian Peterson probably the most for me, just because he was there for what ended up being, I guess, ten seasons. So it was like I got one when he was a rookie. I remember it was the first ever purchase I made with a debit card when I opened my own bank account. I think I was like fourteen or fifteen, and I was like, well, "What am I going to buy?" I'm like that. <laughs> Adrian Peterson rookie jersey, and then I think for Christmas the next year somebody got me a stitched white Adrian Peterson jersey that I wore for forever. I used to wear that to school. It's hard for me to wear the white Bosa, like because I'm just afraid I'm gonna like just ruin it <laughs> with some like barbecue sauce or something. Um, yeah, I think I got some mustard on my. Uh... I want the I want the Niners red throwback, but I I'm, I don't know what who to get. I want a Debo just because I like. If you don't think you'd get a Metcalf. If you were to get, a, I'd, oh, I'd definitely a get a Metcalf. I think, um, to be honest, uh, I'm probably going to get more than one. <laughs> are you? Are you, you going to be one of those Seattle fans who put fan? I, oh, I, I forgot oh, about that jersey. That I have one. Yeah, like on I would see the Seahawks team store in Seattle. That's probably that's probably like I. You know what? I'm a Niner fan. Like I got a, I, I, there's a lot of nice things I could say about <laughs> Seattle. The fan twelve jerseys, burn them. <laughs> Stupidest thing I've ever seen. Not, that was when we were on a family trip to Seattle and, and not, bought it at the team store. Yeah. It was a lime green. Oh, my God, you yeah. bought it. On the purpose. lime green oh one, too. God. It's not even the current lime green. It was the one-off lime green that they had, I think, back in, like, 2008, 2009. You know what you guys need? You guys need a quarterback, number 12, whose last name was Fan, <laughs> to make that worth it. <laughs> it's the A's fan in me, knowing that all my teeth. Like, it's like better. Niner fans who wear – it's like Niner fans who have one that's a 49 It says faithful. <laughs> that's stupid. You paid 150 bucks for that? Oh, another stupid thing I saw. I went to one of the Niner training camps last year, and uh, this this lady and her husband, this lady was holding an authentic, 
like stitched George Kittle jersey. I don't know if it was authentic, but it was stitched. So he was now like, oh, damn, that's nice. Like after practice, like a couple players come, like sign some autographs. And like Kittle was on the other side. But I'm like, <laughs> I just wanted to tell her, I'm like, lady, he's not coming over here. There's like, he's like two football fields away. I'm like, we're going to get, we're going to get somebody else. And it was like, ended up being like a practice squad player who actually made it through the whole season with the team. And actually, sadly, he was cut today. But uh, and then uh, Hufunga was there. And I was there like, oh, like he's cool, but like I want somebody better. And like, I didn't know he's going to have an all pro season. Um, but this lady, Sourdough Sam, comes around. And has Sourdough Sam sign oh a stitch God. George Kittle jersey. <laughs> I'm like, lady. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Joseph, he was so mad at that that he just turned his mic off. I just, I'm like, you know that, you know that, you know that's Brad under this head? This Brad. <laughs> Some like nineteen-year-old dude, yeah. boundless. Why don't you come back, have Sourdough Sam sign another jersey, and you can see that their their signatures are different because they're different people. <laughs> That's some some minimum. <laughs> they alternate. Chad minimum Brad, wage Taylor. person signing that for him. <laughs> like you just ruined it. Ruined jersey. Devastating. That's like when Ev got his Mark Ellis jersey signed by. Yeah, Brian that Fuentes. was. Yeah, that was rough. Oh. It was it was Ross Day and my friend invited me to the game and they had two players sign. It was Brian Fuentes and uh, Trevor Cahill, I think, were the two, and I didn't have anything to sign. Did you ever? Did you ever go to like an A's fan fest, where, like, I'm sure you have, but like, did they ever set it up where you go to like an autograph station, and there's like more than one person player, mm-hmm. and they like whatever you give them, they like pass it down. Mm-hmm. I went to one like that for the Sharks years ago and had like a puck that I gave to uh, that I uh, I gave to Hurdle to sign. And he's like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah. Signs it. Passes it, right? I was like, at, I need that back. Like it was like a, it was like a minor league guy because they put a Hurdle. They put like uh, three other people no one cares about because they can't put all the good players together or else everyone would go to like his station. I was like, ah, I was like, I need that puck back. You're not signing it. Nope. Get out of here. <laughs> like I'd be like, like you, pa- you like you give it to like you know back in the day you give like a baseball to like uh, I don't know like Eric Chavez or something he signs a sweet spot and he passes it down to like yeah Adam Melhews <laughs> yeah the goat Adam Melhews like, whoa bud whoa <laughs> Evan and I used to always go uh, with our dad down to the like really good seats by the Ace dugout and you would get autographs all the time when we were little kids and it would be like. I remember Gregorio Petit must have signed our gloves like five times. And then like Cliff mm-hmm. Pennington a bunch of times. And for me, I think Jerry Blevins signed my glove yeah. like twice. And I'm like, these guys are so nice. But it's like at a certain point, I'm like, I almost want to pull the ball back and be like, hey, dude, you're you're the best. But waiting for Jack Cust. No. I remember okay. I remember Bob Guerin was starting to do autographs. And I, I intentionally like walked back to my seat when he was walking around. He's like, I don't want. I don't want anything associated with the worst manager Nobody wants the, that. for the A's. So <laughs> Nobody wants that. Ugh. Well, thank you, Evan, for joining. This is much appreciated. We had to do this one with the preview of the Seahawks and the NFC West. We had to have you on. I think we're very optimistic about both the Seahawks and the 49ers. Going into 2023, I'm a little bit optimistic, a little bit less on the Vikings than I am for the Seahawks and Niners. Um 
So we'll come back next week uh, and we'll do a pod where we kind of recap all of our predictions. That's when we'll make our Super Bowl and MVP predictions and kind of our playoff brackets uh, before we finally go into week one, preview week one, give you some picks for week one. Guys, we're only nine days away from the playoffs or from the uh, NFL season starting. I cannot believe it. We've been waiting for seven or eight months. We are almost there. Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, Football is coming. You guys can make it. You can hold out just one more week. We are almost there, and we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Oh, my God.